Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome back to Faked, everybody. We've officially crossed the 2,000 download milestone on Podbean, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Thank you guys for all following my Faked podcast TikTok. That's been more of a visual component. It's been fun to kind of do that in between episodes just to give you guys something to look at while uh, you're not just listening to my voice on here. But um, this episode is an interesting one and, and something I really didn't know was a problem or actually didn't even know was a thing. So we're going to talk about fake Disney pins. So apparently here's kind of the snapshot of what uh, Disney pin trading is. So if you're a real, I don't know, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse fan or Disney fan, or I think there's like an official term, Disneyite or Disney something. Anyways, they, they launched this pin trading at the Millennium Celebration in October of 1999. Um, and then since then, you can probably you can find a bunch of places to trade these Disney pins um, at all their parks and resorts around the world. So it's kind of a cool way for you to kind of remember some of your stuff and keep a, a token that then you can bring back to the park and either upgrade or if you bought multiples of one, which it seems like a lot of people do, then you can trade it for another one. And we'll go into what you can do with these and what are actually worth some money and what makes some of them fake. Um, you know, you think, man, something like this, why would it, why would somebody be, you know, why would there be fake ones? But I guess a lot of people say it's not really the fake, it's the Scrapper ones is what they call them. Basically, they're like factory rejects, uh, but there are some, you know, reproductions of the more expensive one. And then we'll go over why, like how you can tell, because there's some intricate detail details. Because these aren't these aren't huge; these are small pins. And um, if you check up on my TikTok, I'll be doing a video about this before this gets released. So at least you'll be familiar about what they look like and what some of the fake and real ones uh, look like as well. So. What are Disney pins and where can you find them? Okay, so you can find them in all the parks um, and they're sold individually or in sets. Okay, so you could purchase Disney pins online. Kind of defeats the purpose, I feel like, unless maybe you want something beforehand. Um, you can purchase them in the parks or you can purchase them at the Orlando International Airport in the airport. That's the E-A-R port. Hardy har har. Okay, so Disney pin training is a very personal experience, um, apparently. So some guests really like to decide which pens are their favorites, buy them, and then like hang them up somewhere at home. So if you've ever been to maybe one of your friends that goes to Disney every year, I guarantee you can talk to them about this because I'm sure they've gotten into this pin trading phenomenon. So uh, it's a great way to obviously collect some of the stuff that you're really enthusiastic about. And I guess there's like some pages online that says like, hey, there's this new one that's coming out. It's rare. Um, It's awesome. You're going to need it. And I think like it encourages them to get back into the parks and then try to find it. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. But I mean, 
you can't really disparage it because we all went through Pokemon. We like to, I, I know Starbucks cups, uh, and this, I'll probably do one about this. I have a couple friends that collect Starbucks mugs from around the world since they have a vast array of countries that you can get that have these really unique like paintings on them. They're awesome. Um, you can look those up too. Those are really cool. So a lot of, um, a lot of I guess purists when coming to these Disney pins is keeping the backs of them is also, I guess, important because some of them make for kind of a nice design, but a lot of people put them on their boards. So when you, when you t- take out the pin back, you can stick them in there, but a lot of people keep the, the pins kind of pin backing coordinating to them, I guess. I guess it's it's very important to have that. Um, and then another thing, I guess this is one of the, the intricacies, is some other people like to buy trader packs or just buy less expensive packs of pins at Disney. And then you trade those pins for what you would consider an upgrade. Um, and then with you could trade with cast members and then get the pin that you kind of want. So it's a very interesting, but I wanted to make sure we go over like the history and what it is and what, um, you know, like what are the nuances of it? What do people look for? What do we expect? So how exactly does Disney pin trading work? So that is our next step, because if you do want to get into it or you just want to better understand this while we're talking about it, we're going to talk about how it works. So the idea is you come with... um, your pins or you buy them there and then you can have them in a binder. People come with binders, people come with boards, people come with, um, maybe it'll be in like a book bag and you can just kind of have them on your strap there. But, um, you can trade with other guests. So it might just be a casual pass by and say, Hey, whoa, cool pins. I've been looking for that one. And then you just kind of initiate a little trade. Disney actually, um, bans the sale of anything in its park other than, you know, they got to make all the money. So nobody's allowed to make cash exchange for things. So it's all got to be trade. But um, another thing that uh, you can do is trade with a, um, a Disney cast member. So that's actually where you get some of the cool ones is you go up to a cast member. And since they are definitely obligated to trade with you no matter whatever it is you give them maybe one of the ones you don't want uh, or maybe ones that you have uh sorry it's a it's that season now maybe one of the things that you have uh three of and then you could trade for something however there's a rule that the cast member can't have two of the same ones on its uh, its um i guess it's it's a human the cast member cannot have two of the same pins so if you do have like a real common one um and you already see it on there you're going to have to you're going to have to trade a different one just so that cast member's not left with i couldn't even imagine what the least valuable one is i don't know like uh i don't know who is like the most uncool disney character Mm, I can't think of one. I guess if you guys have any um, <laughs> any suggestions for that one, leave it on my TikTok. I'd like to hear it in the comments. What you who you believe the most lame Disney character is? So yeah, it's not. Uh, it's 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 definitely an interesting you know trade kind of rule based system. Um, again, you're not allowed to sell it. So don't go to the professional pin traders because, or, or traders, I guess 
there's the professional ones that know the value of stuff. So they'll kind of like, you know, remember what we do with, we did with Pokemon cards. Like, oh yeah, I've got this like real, like, oh, this regular Weedle, dude. And I'll trade that for that. I don't know. They're like shiny Charizard, something like that. So basically these are professional pin traders that sell the stuff when they leave and they know the value of all the stuff. So stay away from that. It's more of a casual thing. Um, and, and that's kind of what you need to look forward uh, to. You know, if you see somebody with a vest, <laughs> that's kind of cool. You know, they, they wear their vest or their hat that has a lot of pins on it. Those are people, you know, you can look for. And if you do see something, you know, you strike up some cool conversations and suddenly, you know, you made a new Disney friend and maybe you can go next year together. So we talked about scrapper pins. So scrapper pins are basically fake Disney pins, um, as they say, they're basically just unofficial Disney pins. Okay. And we'll talk about more intricate, uh, ways to tell what the real Disney pins are and the obvious fake ones to those that are privy to the knowledge of it. So we talked about, um, I want to get more into the whole trading process and then we'll go into the fake stuff. So we talked about cast members that can't have duplicates. Okay. We also talked about, yeah, the, so I guess all you have to do is just say, may I see your pins, please, when you go up to a cast member. That's kind of like the initiation. They'll pull out the pins. You'll look. And if there's green ones on there, that is exclusively for children. So if you do see the green ones, only children can have those. Um, I guess it's exclusive trading rights, which is kind of cool because then um, – you know, it gives them something to look forward to. And then they're not being taken by the adults that are all selfish. So um, there's types of Disney pins we'll talk about. So they have all sort of different pins, limited edition, limited release, a release, um, cast member exclusive retro, and even hidden Mickey. So there's all sort of dis- different Disney pins that you can find, um, which is cool. It kind of makes the uh, process more drawn out for you to collect them all. Also, it doesn't seem like you can collect them all because they're always uh, coming uh, up. And then there's obviously the ones that are just more important to you in general, you know, something that you've resonated with or found a lot more interesting than maybe somebody else had, which is, again, really cool. That's kind of one of the cool things is uh, everybody has their different uh, likes and stuff that... uh, Maybe you loved Little Mermaid when you were young, and man, I got to get all those Little Mermaid. I got to get the the Mickey one that looks like a Little Mermaid, all this kind of stuff. So I guess the, the next part of this is we're going to jump up into what makes these fake. Like what, how can you tell if something's fake right off the bat? How do you be a little cautious while buying online? A lot of interesting things here um, that again, none of this stuff I was... I even knew this world existed, so I'm kind of learning this alongside you. Uh, But I do hope that this finds the ears um, of those that are Disney fans, that maybe they can get started collecting this stuff, or if they're already, um, you know, well into collections, they can maybe look over some of their stuff. And the idea is, if you do have some that are bad in your collection, I would say go ahead and keep them, but uh, get rid of them if... If you're not happy with like having on unauthentic ones, but do not trade them. That's 
furthering the process because a lot of people the idea you know how these got out there is essentially laundering money in through a casino you know you get fake dollar bills and you go to a casino and a lot of them uh, don't check the stuff when you throw it into a slot machine and then bam you know you've laundered that money or gotten rid of it whatever okay so we did talk about the the trading process, but we're going to talk about uh, what is a fake Disney pin. And basically, it's just the pin that wasn't approved or made by Disney. So, and then some pins just don't pass the inspections and the factories uh, release them anyways, you know, because they, they already made it. So, and then uh, cast members, they can't reject a fake pin because um, guests might know that it's fake when they bought it. So the park is just filled with these pins and there's really no solution as of now, to get rid of them, there's no like blockchain verification, blah, blah, blah. So first off, buying pins online. Okay, so buying pins online is probably the biggest culprit of introducing scrappers to the park. Okay, so it can be tempting to purchase pins off of Amazon and eBay because there are so many good deals. But almost 100% of the time, the pin lots are scrappers. Okay, if the pins are about $1 to $2 each, they're probably scrappers. If they come in small individual Ziploc uh, bags, they are also likely scrappers as well. And then obviously if they f fulfill any of the criteria that we're going to talk about, they're scrappers also. So hard enamel versus soft enamel. So the easiest way to spot a fake pin is to um, look at the enamel. So 99.99% of the time, these pins are fake. Unless uh, you buy it at a Disney store and it comes with an official backing to it. So you got to check out that backing. That's important. So um, soft enamel pins are cheaper and, uh, you know, way easier to produce. So that's what they do. So the easiest way to spot them is to feel the pin. So if it does not have a smooth finish and you can feel the ridges, it's likely soft enamel. It also looks like it has been filled uh, in with like paint rather than like created smoothly. So... When you, and you know, this is the stuff I'm going to put up on TikTok. So if you do reference, if you want any references on it, you've got to check this out on there so you can kind of see. So next up is the discoloration or missing colors. So this is a little harder to spot, but um, many fake Disney pins have mistakes with colors or discoloration. So when you look at scrappers, um, you can kind of tell just a few things are wrong. Okay, so... When you look at the eyes of maybe a princess, they should be filled in. But on scrappers, they're not going to be. Okay, the second is the discoloration. So when you look at, um, you know, like the hair, maybe uh, it's a blonde hair, uh, it should be more yellow, but uh, it may come with like a green tint. Um, and then, you know, some of these just may not have passed the inspections, but they were sold anyways. Um, so it's just best to kind of look over the beauty of the pin itself and make sure that um, the colors are right, the colors are spot on, there's consistency with the color. Um, and then also some of them, like when you look at them, they're really bad. Like I have no idea, but they have one of Hades and it's it's like a goblin green rather than like that green that we're familiar with which is like a brown green, his skin color, but the fake ones are really bad. Um, so definitely checking out uh, whether the colors are maybe too vivid. And that's what it looks like as the vivid colors seem to be easier to produce 
than some of the muted ones that are actually following the real palette of the actual cartoon. So that's a huge one. So we talk about we talked about what a hidden Mickey pin was, but really not what like it actually is. So there's a lot of fake hidden Mickey pins. Um, and then the easy signs to spot a, a real one um, is that the Mickey on the front, it should be well-defined with obvious edges between the ears and the head. So you got to check out, it's basically, um, it's on any pins. It's just, you got to look at the small silhouette of Mickey. So it'll be like that classic two-eared circle kind of on top of it. So it's best to always look for that. And there should be a huge space in between the ears, or I guess a normal amount of space between the ears in order to signify that it is a fake um, hidden Mickey pin. Okay, so the backs of pins, that's another thing we, we talked about. So if you can't really get the signs from the front of the pin, you flip it to the other side and look at the back. So first things first is to read the pin. Um, if there are any obvious mistakes like typos or words that are not connected, the pin is fake. So then look at the edges. Typically, but not always, the Mickey print on the back side of the pin should extend all the way to the edge. Um, so when you're looking at um, the back of it, you can see the side of the pin should extend all the way to the edge. Um, but instead, some of the fake ones will have this thin border around the outside, just kind of signifying that it was a mold that they just stuck it on rather than um, allowing it to go out of the edge. So that's a that's a big one, too. And that one actually looks like the biggest because it's pretty definitive. You know, it's not something that's really hard to see. You could definitely see the fakeness of a um, of a backing there. So. Next, we look at the cheaply made pins. So the pins themselves are actually pretty nice. Like they're well put together, he a little heavy. So if you start to feel it and you see maybe some of the materials just look like cheap and they just look like just nasty right there, bam, you know, it's fake, clearly. Um, and I guess you could put your ear to the pin and lightly scratch it with your fingernail. Um, if it sounds like sandpaper, there's a chance that the pin is fake and doesn't have the proper coating on the metal itself. So people have really gotten into this and found out, um, you know, what makes something fake. You know, this has been around since 1999. So that's pretty much like it uh, for the episode. I, I wanted to go more in detail, but... Obviously, there's a lot lost when we're not uh, phys physically holding like the object. But I did want to just introduce this like trading thing to people, just because I thought it was such an interesting and specific niche. But even with that, that with that, they're finding fake stuff. I mean, really, there's not a ton of value to a lot of this stuff either. It's more of like the experience value, which is something we don't talk about a lot because you know we talk about monetary value. A lot, you know, but not sentimental. And a lot of this is sentimental. And I'm not saying there aren't valuable ones, but again, like it seems like this is more um, prestige or look at, you know, what I have and what I've experienced, which um, 
also comes with kind of that Starbucks cup thing. So guys, that's it for this one. We've uh, we just talked about the fake Disney pins and where the history comes from and all this crazy stuff with it. So I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, remember with the faked items there are those who produce them and those that purchase them and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.